And I told people I'm moving there. I mean, I've made plans, and they were good plans. Awesome plans. Yeah, they were good plans to serve God and build the, the, the house. And so, but one day I was standing in, in chapel, you know, which is these kind of church services for all the students in college. God talks to me, and, he, and I just feel like he says, you haven't asked me. Oh, wow. Oh. You haven't asked me. And I felt really convicted. I'm like, oh, that's kind of true. I've kind of just assumed that I'm, again, all my plans were good. They were mm. good plans, right? Yeah. Welcome to This Is Us podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Hansen, and my wife and I have the honor of serving alongside an amazing team as lead pastors of Hillsong Church in Denmark and Malmö. This podcast is a collection of short episodes regarding life, leadership, and culture. If you haven't done so already, please click follow and subscribe. And as always, if you find this to be valuable, feel free to share it with others. Today, we got the pleasure of having Philip Hulgaard in the studio. And actually, you are in the in the in the famous Hillsong Kids Studio right now. Oh, not many people have been in the in the sanctuary of the Hillsong the Kids sanctuary. Studio. <laughs> And it is an undisclosed place in my apartment. <laughs> mm, beautiful things have been made here. <laughs> Amazing things have been made here. Mm. Um, no, so we're we're doing a, an, another another episode of local legends. Um, mm. And if anyone was worthy of that title, uh-huh. it would be me. No, that's yeah, right. It would. <laughs> No, we got Phil Pilgaard, and he's doing amazing things. But I'm not going to introduce him that much more because that's what we're doing for the next half an hour. Let's start with your name. We did that with with George the <laughs> other day as well. Well, because it's it's obviously people call you Phil. Your name is Philip. Yeah, but it's the last name. I have a last name that yeah. has Go in it as well. Mm. But your name is Hulgaard. Hulgaard. Mm-hmm. And how does people pronounce it? Pronounce it? Hildegard. 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 Hildegard is a very classic. <laughs> I feel they like put the E in there somewhere. <laughs> exactly. They don't quite know what to do with that D. I do feel like Hildegard is the right is the one that think, I'm gonna I go with. I don't think so. <laughs> Somehow that takes me back to some kind of Austrian mountain setting. It gives me to me it gives me a little bit of the, the Dutch uh oh, yeah. they have that funny funny yeah. yeah, I don't know. Which is why it's wrong. That's right. why I know. Philip Hulgaard. That's right. It is a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. Let's start with with just a few basics of because there's a ton we're going to talk about. Uh, so let's just skip. You know, way born. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have you have some parents. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very fortunate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm. My name is Philip, and I am from Hildegard. <laughs> um, and I was born in Denmark on Jutland. Uh, in Jutland, having an amazing family. I was born into a Christian family. My dad, uh, my parents were pastors. My dad was a church planner, and uh, I grew up in in all of that. Um, yeah, with two a brother and a sister. Um, I'm the oldest of three, and yeah, yeah. So you grew up in uh, grew up in Jutland, um, and then let's uh, let's. Uh You went to Australia at some point. Yeah, I did. I thought that um, was a, that was a massive thing. It seems a big move. Absolutely, pretty big move. Also, like, how does a, a yeah. young 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 come from Jutland decide to go to? Yeah, I think as I said, I grew up in church. I mean, I think Christianity has been part of my life since day one. Um, you know, I remember um, being five years old and watching my dad do an altar call in mm. church, and then coming home, and then the privilege of being a pastor's kid is that. You have the pastors living with you, mm. which is really convenient. 
most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> and, and so I had, uh, I had ordered my mom to send my dad down when he comes home from church. Um, we had gone ahead of him, and he came home, and he came down, and I asked him to, to pray um, the sinner's prayer with me. Yes. And he did. And uh, no, so I, I've just grown up knowing Jesus my whole yeah. life, and it's just been part of my life. And, you know, I knew very early on that, that God was going to be, you know, essential part of my life the whole way through and I was going to do something that was kingdom minded something mm. ministry um, I just didn't quite know what that was but I also um, growing up in in kind of more charismatic church yeah it got um, I, w- I got blessed with a lot of of prophes- prophecies over my early life did you have the flags uh, we got the flags yes yes <laughs> for absolutely. people who don't know I don't know if it, you yeah. don't know you don't know yeah no. <laughs> just leave it at that um, <laughs> And so, anyway, I, I I actually had this thought that the reason I got those prophecies was because I was my my dad's son. Mm. And church, Christian Denmark is quite quite small. Yeah, uh, you know you know everyone, and so because my dad was who he was mm. and still is, um, you know, people kind of knew me by either I'm I'm the son of my dad or you know by my last name, and which is quite distinct as we've already covered. And so Hilda for me, God. for me, obviously, obviously, I just needed to find out mm. who I really was. Yeah. Was I really truly called? Mm. Um, was these prophecies truly me? Did God really have something in my life? Well, for me to find out, I had to go somewhere that no one knew who yeah. I was. No yeah. one knew, recognized my last name. And, um, and so I got to go to Australia. Um, I sold everything I had, which wasn't very much. <laughs> uh, at 19, bought a one-way ticket, went to Australia, oh. um, and enrolled in Hillsong College. Ended up doing three years there. Yeah, what year was this? I uh, arrived in Australia in 2005. Two th- two, 2005, okay. Yeah. So Hillsong was not what it is today, but they still made some awesome music. Yeah, oh, 100%. Mm. Um, and it's still, you know, very impressive church back then. Yeah. Uh, more so today, but but yeah, um, in their reach, but yeah, had already done amazing things and um, yeah, incredible albums out there and mm. music. And so of course, everyone knew their music back then as well. Uh, I did too. Um, I didn't really know the church and I didn't really know Brian and the leadership and what it was, you know, what I came to understand that it was really known for. Mm. Um, so that all, that all came later. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that it, and I guess that is the gateway drug, eh? <laughs> <laughs> because because there is so much more beneath the music, but but that's still sort of what what just because it it, it I think a lot of you know we we all have a ton of songs that have meant meant a lot of things for us in different thes- seasons, I assume. Mm-hmm. But but it but it also sort of takes you takes you a little bit beyond that, and then you 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 you, you see the the kind of leader that Brian Houston is, mm-hmm. and that. You know that that's that's sort of why you stay. You, we we stay in Hillsong Church, but it's sort of it, it, it's the music that that, that sort of helps. Yeah, people. I think I think you realize that everything stands or falls on leadership, exactly. Right? And so, mm. if you're going to build something that's impressive, something that has an impact, uh, influences mm. every sphere of life, then yeah. there's going to have to be some incredible leadership behind it. It doesn't just come out of thin air. Um, and so, um, you know, there's a there's a great foundation and strength there in just a breadth of of leaders. Um, of quality people who are leaned in, who are sold out for for and believing in the mission and and what it's about and making it all happen. Yeah. Um. And out of that has come great fruit, which is you know a big church and um and great uh, resources, great books, great music. Um. Yeah. 
Is there anything that stands out more than obviously we're going to get to your story about A21? Mm-hmm. But is there anything that that stands out with those uh, on those three years? Whether it was a teacher, was a teaching, or a class, or a experience, or leadership thing that you learned that this, you know? Mm. Yeah, no, that that's the funny part. Is like that I have I have sometimes struggled to find that okay. um, that kind of origin situation. I'll I'll happy to tell that story, but it's quite a quite an interesting thing. You know, I went went through college, and when you're when you're there, you know everything. It's about the local church, the local mm. church's solution, and and you know I I believe that I believe that fundamentally, and I I also believe that we all called to build the church, right. build the house of God, the local church, uh, which is obviously why I'm on team here as well, and mm. um and we also we also did pastor a church in Greece, which we can talk about in a moment, but um no um yeah I yeah yeah no there wasn't <laughs> no, there wasn't um, no I think I think. I think I, I learned some some great qualities uh, about um, servanthood. Yeah. About uh, staying faithful, um, using what's in your hand, um, being faithful what you've been given. I, I feel like I had the most incredible time at college. I love college mostly because I got to be involved with mm. church. I got to build the church. I got to be practically involved. I was on every team you could be on. Uh, I was serving every hour of the week there was when I wasn't working or sitting in a class. I just loved being part of it. I loved being involved and doing something, um, and I think those are some some things I've taken taken with me and that propelled me into what I'm doing today. Oh yeah, for sure. And I well, obviously, my story is a little bit different because I was I was I I started in Hillsong and then I went to then I went to Sydney. Right. So the whole culture of serving wasn't something that was that was foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it wouldn't have been that to you as well. No. But but the but the magnitude and the and the and the and the size of the teams and the and and, and all that stuff seems mm-hmm. very different from also what you do experience here in Denmark. Because however, there are people serving, but in 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 those numbers and in those yeah, it's a different scale. Just for just sure. different, and that sort of blows you. you so, yeah, I guess, I guess why that would be the 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 thing that. I used to uh, do what we call hosting, um, um, you know, in Denmark. Minus China. Uh, yeah, Ish. like like that. <laughs> and then I in uh, Sydney, in the main campus there, I at the hills. I at the biggest service. I I also ended up leading host team, and it was two very different experiences. <laughs> you know, from from uh, perhaps just being you and another person uh, here uh, back home to mm. running a team of 30 40 people yeah wow um yeah i i i i am a little bit in love with just the host team i also yeah. i also i uh, I, we, I, I me too i was hosting i was i was somewhat lead my last year of bible college in denmark i was leading a team that went to uh, to Aarhus the pentecostal church in Aarhus mm. i think their youth program is called passion perhaps and I kind of chose to be on the hosting team because I, f- I feel like it has such a big value just to, to get to know people, to just be in the, on the front door and just saying hi with a smile. It just means so much. Mm. Uh, and, and then you see that, how, how they take that to the next level down in Sydney. Um, and it, it just gives you gives people so much. Like when you come into, a, come into a house, it's just nice that someone is like looking you in the eyes and saying hi. Uh, yeah, I think you, you really are there in many ways the face of the church. Mm. Um, and you become that first impression that people have. And I think it's a it's a such a beautiful place to serve. Uh, I, sure. I served all my three years of college on the host team, oh, wow. amongst other things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I just loved it. I loved the 
the the key that it is to making people feel welcome mm. you know we have these signs welcome home and yeah. i think host plays such a crucial role in yeah in, in making people feel at home and, mm. and you know welcoming people giving people a hug giving people a high five as they come in helping them with what they need you know helping um the single mom uh, carrying all the things that needs to come with her to go to church yeah. or or helping uh, the person find a, a seat or f- helping that new person, you know, uh, that you can spot <laughs> so easily mm. of, oh, yeah, he's looking like he hasn't been here before. Let me let me go talk to him and, and help him out. And and then also just to, the crucial element of, of building atmosphere and, yeah. and really setting the scene for, for the presence of God. Mm. Uh, for sure. That's awesome. Hey, let's uh, let's uh, move on to the story of uh, <laughs> of Phil Phil Hulgor, Philip Hulgor. It's part of the story. It's part of the story. Mm. Um, let's move a little bit yeah. further. Um, I've heard someone heard bits of the story before. <laughs> um, however, I feel like we should dive into to A twenty one and your your sort of your way yeah. into that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a wild story. Um, I. Um, I was coming to the end of three years of college. Um, first of all, I never planned to do three years, but you know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. And and actually, it was just a reflection of I didn't really want to come back to Europe, uh, to be honest. Mm. Um, pr- probably just because it wasn't the right time yet. But um, I... Um, i just f- didn't hadn't felt ready for that, and so i kept i just stayed and and i I actually in my mind thought I was going to be there for quite a few years, but then a few things happened mm. just naturally that happened you people that's the thing about being in college you have people from all over the world and they tend to go back to where they came from yeah. at some point and so you a lot of the friendships you have they kind of can can leave um and uh that's kind of that becomes a bit rough um anyway so over time I was like as I was coming to the end of my three years, I was really starting to feel like, you know what, I think it is time for me to go back. And mm. I'd actually told my, my parents, you know, I'm moving back. I'm going back to the basement. <laughs> my mom was so excited. She was Aww. already cooking, making cookies, you know, it was, it was, it was great. And, um, and, you know, I had been three years in college. I felt like I knew what God had called mm. me to do. He'd called me to build a local church. And, and I just, I had just kind of, As soon, but in a good way, you know, like I was going back, not just to go back, but I was going to get involved in a local church. Mm. I'd already spoken to um, a, a couple of pastors about about places I could just come and serve. And that was absolutely my plan. No agenda. I'm just going to come and I'm going to start serving in a local church and I'm going to help build the church. And one day, and I actually had already booked my tickets as well. And I told people I'm moving there. I mean, I've made plans and they were good plans. Awesome plans. Yeah, they were good plans to <laughs> serve God and build the, the the house. And so, but one day I was standing in in chapel, you know, which is these kind of church services for all the students in college, which is awesome. I love that. It's the best. Is that in that small building that looks a little bit like a like a state nah, this church? No, was, this was in one of the bigger buildings. Oh, okay, but okay. anyway, okay, standing there in worship, and I feel like God talks to me, and he and I just feel like He says, "You haven't asked me." Oh wow. Oh, you haven't asked me, and I felt really convicted. Like oh, that's kind of true. I've kind of just assumed that I'm again. All my plans were good. They were good mm. plans, right? Yeah. It's like any youth pastor would be proud of me for making those plans. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I felt convicted, and and so I went home and I just started praying. It was a very simple prayer. I just started praying, like God, you 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 hold my life. Like mm. you know what my future. You brought me through college. My life belongs to you. What do you want me to do? 
and then we were singing this, and this is one of the, the Hillsong songs that yes. you're referring to, but like at that time we were singing Hosanna. Oh, yes. And it's just such a great... It's wow, such a, a massive... That's What's that? The, the sea line with the break my heart for what breaks break yours. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Oh. Everything I am for your kingdom's mm. cause. Those lines yes. just became this... I don't know. They just spoke to me like it would just became so real to me, so powerful. Everything I am, I am for your kingdom's cause. Right. Break my heart for what breaks yours. What matters to you, God? I want that to matter for me. And that became my prayer And I think for maybe two weeks, I was just daily in my personal time. I was praying those prayers. It was very simple, but I kind of thought, you know what, I'm still going to end up where I'm going. I didn't think it was going to change anything, mm. but, I, you know, I was like, God, I'm giving it to you. And then the crazy things happened. I got a, I got a text message from the, the, the head of college, mm. Mark Hopkins, good man. Um, out of the blue, and he was—he sent me a text message, and it was pretty funny. I, I wish I had screenshotted it, but I don't think you could do that back then. I think nope, that's a newer thing. That's a newer thing. <laughs> um, but it said uh, it was pretty funny. It said uh, Nick has something in Greece you might be interested in. Can you meet with him on Friday? The problem is he didn't say which Nick it was, <laughs> and also he misspelled the country Greece. Oh, he spelled it G R E A S E. Like the movie, oh, Greece. Greece. Or like something is greasy. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you and I, we both know Australians, they have their slang, right? And we, I do, but I don't, I know half of it, I guess. Exactly. We don't, <laughs> we don't know half exactly. of it, right? Even when you've been in for three years, you're still, you're yeah. still learning new Just things. Trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> okay. So, so something in Greece to me means, hmm. Something must be something in progress. There's something in Greece. Uh, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There's something cracking. <laughs> something in Greece. Something in oil. You know, something that's kind of coming yeah. together. <laughs> you stupid so, skiing. Yeah, you got it. And so, so I thought Nick must be the youth pastor, Nick Coroya, mm. at that point because I've been involved in youth, and so that's what I thought. And so I, I just wrote him back. I'm like, I'm not going to be a bother. I'm just not going to be difficult here. So I'm like, yeah, I'll be there for sure. Friday comes, no clue who I'm meeting with, no clue what it's about. <laughs> Then I get a call an hour before, and it's the PA of Nick Kane, yes, who I've never met before in person, asking if I can come to their house and uh, and meet with them. Wow. And so I roll up in my college car, missing a window. <laughs> Sweet college life. <laughs> completely scratched up, dented, make it there, which is always a, a, a test. You know, it's always a praise report every Sunday when you're coming somewhere in college. <laughs> anyway, um, and so he drops this, you know, I meet Nick and Christine in their home and they start telling me about their journey they've been on, on, on discovering human trafficking and mm. over the last year and their heart to start an organization in Greece to wow. fight human trafficking, to open a shelter for victims of sex trafficking and I'm just like what like I have I I literally this is like the first time I really hear about human trafficking mm. in that way I, yeah, I've yeah. heard the term before but it was just 2008 and I was just like I, I, my mind was just kind of exploding at this point because I just did not know what to do with that mm. um, and then I was like first I, I honestly was like why are you telling me this <laughs> <laughs> great story but like what has it got to do with me yeah and then they're like well We would we would like to hear if you would like to move to Greece to start this organization and and build this team. And uh, Nick and Chris was obviously gonna stay there in Australia, and I was gonna go by myself. And 
get that going. That is so insane. <laughs> that is so wild. And uh, I drove home and I would just remember like, you know, just going nuts in my car, just basically slapping every panel there was in that car. I'm like, <laughs> God, what are you doing? I was just like screaming like, God, what are you doing to me? Like, is this what you meant? Like, and I just knew straight away, this is it. This is it. Like, mm. It's just about crazy enough to be God. <laughs> yes. You know? Wow. And um, yeah, I just turned my life upside down. I mean, I had to make the phone call to my mom. Hey, mom. You know, I'm, uh, turns out I'm not coming home after all. Oh, where are you going? Uh, I'm going to move to Greece. Oh, you've never been there before. Nope. Um, so what are you, what are you going to do? Well, we're going to, I'm going to work with an organization called A21. Oh, I've never heard of that. No, it doesn't exist yet. <laughs> oh, so what are you going to do? Are we going to fight human trafficking? Wow. Oh, what is that? Yeah, I'm just finding out myself. It was pretty wild. It's so wild. Yeah. So no, it, we um, I I just went straight to the office. I got all the research they've been gathering, and I got this stack. I got movies, I got books, and I just started reading and reading and reading. I just could not believe what was going on in the mm. world. I could not believe that there are more slaves today than ever before in history. That's wild. I could not believe that you know young people, my own age. I was twenty three at the time. Mm. Younger teenagers, kids were being exploited, were being sold, were being traded. I mean, I just couldn't believe those stories. I couldn't believe they was true. Mm. And the statistics, the the real life stories and and the you know, the fastest organized crime, growing organized crime in the world is the selling and trading of human beings. How did I not know that? I, I that made me really angry. There was two things that make me angry. It made me really angry that I didn't know. Mm. And it made me really angry of what was happening right. to these people, innocent people. And so, you know, anger is a powerful thing. It is. Can It can get great things started. There's it, something called righteous anger. Righteous anger. Mm. And uh, I learned what that was. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it got me packing. It, uh, yeah, I finished up college. I graduated. I we went to Southeast Asia on a research trip. I met with amazing organizations. We learned. I learned so much from them. And uh, then I went to Greece, and um, we got started. It's so. It's so. Let's uh, let's 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 pause for a little bit, just on the on hold, because while you're telling this in hindsight, yeah, it sounds still somewhat easy. <laughs> <laughs> it still it still sounds like you know. But all the human emotions of mm-hmm. of ge- feeling the call of God on your life, mm-hmm. and then actually, you know, doing what you're told in 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 some sense, hey, and or responding to that that you know on the inside, yeah, you know, it, it it must have been wild. Yeah, absolutely, it was. I I, I think I have a great respect for I, I have a great respect for Nick and Christine and the way they they did that because it's a very tricky thing to navigate for them as well. Mm. And they were never like this is. Don't worry, this is not for life. We we don't know what's going to happen. Mm. You know, this might all fail. They were very yeah. much like that. Hey, we gonna <laughs> we, we we don't know. Like they had they had come across this issue and they've been on this whole journey and they were like, we wanna we wanna try. We didn't have this master plan for A twenty one to be what it is today. Mm. I mean, today A twenty one is, you know, it's it's pretty big. It's we we are in what is it now fifteen <laughs> countries yes. or so. <laughs> you know, in twenty two locations, we have staff around the world. Mm. We you know we're doing great things um that was not the plan the plan was 
we got to do something about this in this country, in this city. And, and they were like, hey, let's give it six months. Well, let's see what happens. And, you know, the worst thing that happens is you had a great time in Greece right. and then we move on. But, but there was a great sense of responsibility on all of us for this to happen, mm. for this to work, because we felt passionately about it individually. I was passionate about it. Right. Yes, it was completely out of the blue. I had mm. never planned to do anything like this, ever. Um, but suddenly it was like, this is it. I, I got to do something about this. I felt so responsible. There's a fire that just got lit. But it was not easy. Like, I'm not going to sit and pretend that it was easy to exactly. arrive in a country you don't know anyone, you've never been there before, and you have the responsibility mm. as well of making something happen. Um, but God breathed on it in a great way. Yeah, well. Amazing things happened. You know, we, we, we got this place, we got this shelter. Given Basically, we, we took over a shelter from the local government. We got a meeting in the mayor's office oh, wow. within two months. I mean, everything was just wild. And within three months, we opened the shelter. Wow. Uh, of me landing in the country, um, and we invited the first victims into our care. We had three, three different victims, um, two coming out of labor trafficking, one coming out of sex trafficking in Greece, within four months of me arriving in the country. Mm. And then it got really real. Yeah. That, that was when it got really hard, really, really difficult, because I felt so responsible for, yeah. for these people. They were so vulnerable. They were mm. so helpless. Like they had nothing, absolutely nothing. Mm. And they had been just burnt by every relationship, you know, like they had no trust left. They had no identity left. Mm. They had no relations, no friendships, no network, no clothes, no money, no nothing. You were starting completely over uh, with a person's life. And yeah, that was heavy. Wow. So where do you go from there? Yeah, where do you go from there? Mm -hmm. And then um, I think just, yeah, just, I think the hardest thing was was actually to just find a way to flourish there because, if you know, I said, like, anger got me to Greece. Mm. Anger got me involved. Anger got me started. Right. But I've, I've also learned that anger does not sustain you. Mm-hmm. You can be angry about something as a great igniter for change, but it will not bring you to completion. Oh, wow. You have to find another driving force than anger. No matter how good that anger is, no matter if it's that righteous anger, mm. I think anger will eat you up. Yeah. And this may sound a bit corny, but I think love needs to take over. And that happened very naturally for me. Yeah. Just very quickly, I started seeing the change that was possible in people's lives. Wow. Just how, even in within a couple of weeks or even months, th th these lives that were so broken, they started changing. Yeah. They started transforming. They started, you know, going from having nightmares every night to be able to sleep through and um, started calming down, started smiling, started thinking about their future again, started, started talking about their dreams and... Um, the restoration that that's possible, you know, that was so much more powerful than the anger that had yeah. taken me in the first instance wow. of the injustice that had happened, of the bad things that had happened to them that got me angry. Well, hearing about the transformation, the change, the just the beauty that came out of it as well. Like when you start, when you ask a survivor of human trafficking what they want to be, they have every, if anyone in the world has a reason to be selfish, it's them. 
Yeah. But what I've just seen time and time again is that their desire is actually to help people. Wow. Is to be, they want to be doctors. They want to be nurses. They want to be mm. counselors. They want to be police officers. They, 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 they want to be lawyers. They want to help people, yeah. other people that I need. It's beautiful. Um, <sighs> and, wow. and that became this incredible driving force mm. where it was no longer the anger. You know, I, maybe I'm damaged. That's, that's possible. But, you know, when I, I hear news stories almost daily now of mm. survivors coming into a care, I read their stories, I hear what's going on. And still to this day, the thing that gets me emotional mm. is not what happened to them. But when I start reading the reports about them finding a job, yeah. them finding an, their own place to live, mm. them coming through a difficult surgery, them finding a, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, them starting a family, them having a child, the things that they've dreamed about their whole life, that gets me every time. And it, that, that is a, such a more powerful force than, than anger. Yeah. Um, that love for people, that, that, that change that's possible. Yeah, let, let, I know you have this uh, where you where 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 you have. I don't know if it's a saying or it's, a, but you don't you don't call anyone victims. You call them all survivors, and when, I think that's so beautiful. Yeah, that that's part of just the whole um, the whole approach to 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 how we you know for us when you are in human trafficking, mm. you are a victim of it. Yeah, but if you come out of that, mm. well, you survive something. Yeah, wow, that kills. Many people, mm. you survive something that many people wouldn't survive. You're a hero. Yeah. And, and we want to celebrate that. We, I, I believe the first things that is removed from a person when they are trafficked, mm. when they're exploited, when their freedom is taken away from them, is they lose their sense of value. Yeah. Um, and the first thing we want to give them back when they arrive into our care is we want to just place value on them. Mm. And the first thing we started to speak in life, you know, and saying, hey, you're a survivor. You survived something incredible because they come out with all kinds of sense often of shame, of guilt, of I could have done this. I should have done that. I shouldn't have done this. And we just want to speak. You know what? You were a victim. You were innocent. And you've survived something that is incredible. Mm. And you have still a life to live. Yeah. And you have a future. And so everything we do, Air, the the way we set up our facilities, the way we the way we speak to them through our program, the way we interact with with survivors, everything has to communicate that message mm. of, of value. Yeah, you're loved. You have value. You have so much to give. You are not just gonna. You, you don't just have to be a victim mm. and live a victim life for the rest of your life. No, mm. you are a survivor of something, and you can contribute, and you can actually be part of of helping other people if you want to. Yeah. Obviously up to them. Yeah, of course. Uh, and just empowering them to live a life of their own and of value and of significance. Yeah. Yeah, wow. That's, uh, I don't know how to comment on that. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was I was thinking a little bit, if we could talk a little bit, just about the organization A21. Yeah. And just, like, what what gets you excited right now? What yeah. Like, there's got to be some projects where you're oh, like, this absolutely. is awesome. Yeah. And this is where we're going with this. And yeah. this, I hope we can get to do this. Or Well, everything is very different from when it was that when we started. Yeah. You know, we're now 14 years down the road. Oh, wow. Um, today, A21 is, is working, like I said before, in, in 19 locations. Um, we're doing 
They'll be doing this work all over the world in every continent of the world. We just launched in in Mexico and Latin oh, wow. America, and um, and um, you know. So now we are really starting to ask the big questions as an organization. Mm. We have a mission statement that says abolish slavery everywhere forever. Wow, four words, but it's massive, it's massive right? Wow. There's never been a world without slavery, mm. <laughs> and we believe that we can be part of that. We're not. We're not ignorant enough uh, or arrogant enough to believe that we can do that mm. by ourselves. In no. no way. No government, no organization can. But we believe we can play our part. And, and we, are, we are being very serious about the future. How are we going to do that? How are we, what strategies can we put in place to really empower the community out there? Yeah. So we've been incredibly fortunate, incredibly blessed um, to, to be able to grow the way we have, to have the resources we've had, um, to develop the programs that we've developed. Mm. You know, we've written so many programs, so many resources that are available. Many of them are already on our website for free and people can just use them. Mm. Um, and that's our heart. We just want to be generous back as well. So I'm, I'm really, really passionate about building a, a, a powerful network of, of frontline uh, professionals, that um, frontline partners that, yeah. are, that are out there around the world. And how can we give away our programs? How can we give them training how can we empower them with with resources everything down to policies and procedures and programs and and best practices and everything that we've learned how can we help increase the level of care around the world mm. um how can we give that away and we have some i have some really big dreams about about um a, seeing a global hotline one day and uh, seeing a, a a a way of ensuring that Victims everywhere can find help, no matter what mm. country they're in. Wow. Um, that people around the world can can you know be powerful uh, change makers in observing injustice in their day to day and actually reporting that and being part of the change. Um, you know, we have we're building a movement of people who wants to make a difference. We're mm. doing Walk for Freedom uh, every year. Um, Walk for Freedom now is impacting you know in fifty countries. Uh, we have other initiatives. Last year, we we did several things um, together. We had people act, being part of that in 108 countries. Mm, wow! Uh, so even though you know H21 is in X countries, but mm. you know the impact and and influence goes way beyond that. And and so I'm I'm really really excited about how can we empower governments? How can we empower uh, better laws? How can we empower law enforcement mm. to to be more active and better at, at at tackling this crime? And so, I think the vision is is huge actually uh, for the next ten years, um, and uh, it's just based off hey, we can we've we've seen that it's possible to make a difference in this. So okay, how do we kick it up a gear? Yeah. <laughs> how do we take that to the next level? What because... is next level? And, and next level, it 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 also it it at, at the point where you are now, it is, it mm. is almost a global movement. Mm. So your vision's gotta be they gotta be wild because be. you're at that point in your in, in your history. I I yeah. think that, that this yeah. is this is exactly. the time to be that's exactly to be right. wild because yeah. and that's what we're being. Yeah, yeah, love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that is amazing. And uh, but yeah, you know. Um, it's great with the questions about A21, but, you know, I, I'm just such a believer in the local church yeah. um, in, 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 in the part of, of social justice as well and in mm. part of, of building healthy people um, that, and empowering people to make a difference. Uh, I just think the, the message of the church is so important. You know, while we were in Greece and we're building A21, my wife and I, we also, um, we also took on a church and which we pastored there for four years. Oh, and wow. And, um, you know, 
we we just have a heart to for the house and mm. you know we we've got to relocate here to Copenhagen and 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 um and be based out of here and we're just so thankful for for being part of this house of of Hillsong uh Copenhagen of Denmark and Malmö and we love uh Thomas and Kat I was mm. in in Thomas's connect group in in Australia and That's wild. Uh, and before he um before they went and you know we were we were in Greece uh when we heard of the announcement to start uh Hillsong here and mm. it was just like a dream come true oh, to wow. see to see a church like this uh in this part of the world and um you know it took us it took us four years to get to the point where we could we could relocate and and mm. and join in with that but uh we're just so thankful that we get to be be part of this house and mm. and serve in in any way that we can yeah for sure um yeah wow massive topic uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, it is and and it's it's just it's just amazing that that you guys get to do what you get to do and you've you've taken that on and i i feel like we should uh, probably probably sort of leave it at that but i still feel like you should give all the kind of teach if anyone gets a little bit of that anger right now yeah that you that you felt yeah. if anyone wants to get involved yeah. and if anyone wants just to, in any way they, that ever seems like just What what what? <laughs> what do you do? What, what do you do? <laughs> well, I'm, one of my personal passions is to help people get connected with their calling and and get connected with their mm. potential and things. So, um, I'm, if anyone wants to reach out, I'm sure they can find me on social medias and and what have you. Anyone can mm. find anyone at the moment. Yeah. So, um, I would love to help you, but also you know our website a twenty one a two one dot org o r g is just jam-packed with resources and 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 guides and there's you know you can there's one that I, that talks about 21 ways that you can get involved and mm. and there's many many resources on there uh, and I think just be inspired but I think I think for me uh, the best advice I can give is just to dive into it mm. and find the thing that connects with you right because everyone is different mm. and you know so often we say oh you got to do this and then the person who hear it is like ah, i'm not sure that's me like okay cool that doesn't mean that you can't do something oh, right. i think we can all do something just connect your skills your interests yeah. your life your influence your connections whatever it is with this course yeah if you have a heart for the course then you can find a way to to connect your life to it as well sure. and uh, and that's where the beautiful things happen and mm. uh, we're all different But when you bring your thing into it and and you get connected that way, and something amazing comes out of that, um, and that's what works and that's what makes a difference. So, yeah, find that thing. Find that thing. Yeah. And I think on those words, I think we're gonna end it. Uh, it's been a massive pleasure. One of our local heroes, local legends, Philip Hugo. Mm -hmm. Thank you for thank you for doing this. Thank you, Sears. Thank you for listening to This Is Us podcast. Whether you listen to them as an individual or as a team, we hope that they add value to you. Make sure to click follow or subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Thank you for joining us. We are who we are. This is us.